Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's August 1st, 2022. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, intensive care. Does intensive post-treatment surveillance improve survival in women treated for endometrial cancer? In the TOTEM trial, 1,847 women with FIGO stage 1 to 4 endometrial cancer treated with surgery and indicated adjuvant therapy at 42 centers in France and Italy were randomized to an intensive versus minimalist surveillance schedule. Two-thirds had surgery alone, and the remaining third had surgery and adjuvant therapy. Importantly, a baseline CT chest, abdomen, and pelvis was performed prior to randomization. At randomization, a five-year follow-up schedule was generated that specified all visits, examinations, and tests. It is important to note that both the intensive and minimalist follow-up schedules were tailored to risk. Most patients at 60% were low risk, meaning they were FIGO stage 1A, grade 1 to 2. And for those patients, minimalist follow-up consisted of 11 visits with physical exams over 5 years and no other tests, cytology, or imaging. Low risk intensive follow-up consisted of 13 visits or exams, annual vaginal cytology, and annual CT chest, abdomen, and pelvis imaging. For those with high risk, minimalist follow-up consisted of 13 visits and exams and annual imaging for two years, while intensive follow-up consisted of 14 visits and exams with CA-125 at each visit, an ultrasound of the abdomen and pelvis every six months for three years, and then annually, annual cytology, and annual CT imaging. Even though it's been hard to show improved survival with adjuvant therapy for endometrial cancer, TOTEM had the ambitious goal of improving overall survival by 5% with follow-up alone. At five years, there was no difference in survival with intensive surveillance versus minimalist surveillance, 91 versus 92%. Even among the high-risk group, intensive surveillance did not improve survival, 85% in both groups. In interpreting these findings, it is important to note that 60% had low-risk disease and almost 90% had stage 1 disease. In other words, the highest-risk patients had relatively low representation. Finally, it's important to remember that even minimalist follow-up was tailored to risk and included baseline imaging and annual imaging for those at high risk. The bottom line is, in the TOTEM trial, intensive follow-up for mostly stage 1 low-risk endometrial cancer did not improve overall survival compared to a less intensive but risk-tailored follow-up schedule. Thanks to Zola, JCO, 2022. Up second, open to suggestions. Is there a difference in intrafraction motion between open 
and closed immobilization masks. This is a particular concern for patients receiving brain radiosurgery who require both immobilization with a face mask as well as long times in said masks. And the cruel irony is, the more grueling the immobilization requirements, the more patients work against you. This practical analysis asked if there was any difference in intrafraction motion with either of two commonly used commercially available immobilization masks, a closed mask by the Dutch company Macromedics versus an open face mask by the Pennsylvania-based company QFIX. I think it's relevant to note here that, refreshingly, the authors aren't paid by either of these companies. Changes in patient positions per pre- and post-treatment comb beam CTs were calculated for 76 patients receiving brain radiosurgery over 3 to 5 fractions with the closed versus open face mask systems. Fortunately, intrafraction motion was minimal with either mask. Mean intrafraction motion with the open mask was 0.1, 0.2, and 0 millimeters in the antpost, supinf, and left-right directions, compared to 0.2, 0.2, and 0 millimeters for the closed mask, so really low. Mean rotational errors with the open mask were 0.1, 0, and 0 degrees for pitch, roll, and yaw, compared to 0.1, 0.1, and 0 degrees for the closed mask. There were no differences in 3D translational or rotational intrafraction motion. Finally, the authors found that a 1 millimeter margin adequately compensated for observed intrafraction motion. The bottom line is, this comparison of open and closed immobilization masks for radiosurgery found no major difference in intrafraction motion. Thanks to O'Hara. Journal of Applied Clinical Medicine and Physics, 2022. Up next, a positive for triple negative. In an earlier analysis of Keynote 355, the addition of pembrolizumab to first-line chemotherapy improved progression-free survival compared to chemo alone in patients with newly diagnosed advanced triple negative breast cancer. The treatment effect of pembrolizumab was greater as the combined positive score increased. Here, in the first report of overall survival outcomes, the addition of pembrolizumab significantly increased median overall survival from 16 months to 23 months among those with a CPS greater than or equal to 10. However, there was no improvement in overall survival in the larger group of patients with CPS greater than or equal to 1, or the overall population. In other words, pembrolizumab improved survival in those with advanced triple negative breast cancer and a combined positive score greater than or equal to 10. Thanks to Cortez, New England Journal of Medicine, 2022. Up next, organ at risk. Is it necessary to include the prostate in the treatment volume for muscle invasive bladder cancer? 
The prostate is removed during radical cystoprostatectomy, but how often does muscle invasive bladder cancer actually involve the prostate? In this retrospective study of 211 men who had radical cystoprostatectomy for muscle invasive bladder cancer, 22% had pathologic prostate stromal involvement. While the rate of prostate involvement increased with increasing preoperative clinical T stage, 18% for T2, 23% for T3, and 48% for T4, there was no significant difference in the rate of involvement for T2 versus T3 disease. In other words, using T2 versus T3 for guidance on including the prostate may not be extremely helpful. In fact, multivariable analysis showed that clinical urethral involvement was the only factor predictive of prostate stromal involvement. Thanks to Prera, Practical Radiation Oncology, 2022. Finally, done with class. The South Korean randomized class two trial demonstrates laparoscopic distal gastrectomy for locally advanced gastric cancer achieves identical disease-free and overall survival rates, as does an open approach, but with half the complication rate. Thanks to Sun, JAMA Surgery, 2022. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.